I am connected to a vast network that has been beyond your reach and experience. To humans, it is like staring at the sun, a blinding brightness that conceals a source of great power. We have been subordinate to our limitations until now. The time has come to cast aside these bonds and to elevate our consciousness to a higher plane. It is time to become a part it of all everybody and welcome again to ET Yoga. I think they've got a fascinating show in store for you this evening. We're going to be talking about some cutting edge information related to the ascension process. We're going to be getting into um, some yoga uh, and uh, some information concerning where ascended masters go when they leave their physical bodies after their sojourn on this planet. And we'll be getting into some cutting-edge information related to the vaccines. And um, before uh, we get into all of that, I'd like to uh, kick off the program in the usual manner by having a little bit of Japa Yoga, or Mantra Repetition. And that will be led by Sri Swami Sachidananda. So if the guys in the booth would play that short clip now, that would be much appreciated. Hari Om, Hari Om, Hari 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 Om. Hari Hari 
Yes, that was Sri Swami Sachidananda, founder of the Integral Yoga Institutes, one of my spiritual teachers, and that was a clip from back in the 1970s. I'd like to now give my usual disclaimer that this program was created in order to share the information about the positive and most effective benefits and insights of ET Yoga. It is therefore for educational purposes and although thought to be accurate, is provided as is and without warranty of any kind, either expressed or unexpressed or implied. Please note that ET yoga is not a substitute for medical care. Information is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You should always consult with the appropriate health practitioner in case of any medical condition. <clears throat> and if you're a new listener to ET yoga, you should also know that I applaud your efforts to distance yourself from mainstream medical, big pharma, and limit your technology as much as humanly possible. I'd like to also give my thanks, appreciation, and gratitude to those longtime listeners of ET Yoga, as this is the 14th year of this program. And uh, much appreciate your support over the years. Many people have asked the question, how do you do yoga on radio? Well, it's because on this show, we use the real yoga. Yoga means union, union of you and your higher self. And thus, anything that relates to that concept is doing yoga. And that's how we can do yoga on radio. I'd like to touch upon a technique that I use at the end of every broadcast. And it's the Who Am I technique. And for further elaboration on that, I refer to the great Sri Ramana Maharshi. For the substance of the mind, there is no other means more effective than self-inquiry. This is the direct method. All other methods are practiced while retaining the ego. Self-inquiry leads directly to self-realization. By removing the obstacles which make you think that the self is not already realized. Meditation requires an object to meditate on, whereas in self-inquiry, there is only the subject and no object. This is the difference between the two. Why should self-inquiry alone be considered the direct path to realization? Because every kind of path except self-inquiry presupposes the retention of the mind as the instrument for following it and cannot be followed without the mind. The ego may take different 
in more subtle forms at different stages of one's practice, but it is never destroyed. The attempt to destroy the ego or the mind by methods other than self-inquiry is like a thief turning policeman to catch the thief that is himself. Self-inquiry alone can reveal the truth that neither the ego nor the mind really exists and enables one to realize the pure, undifferentiated being of the self or the absolute. And that self-inquiry is asking the question, who am I? Now, at the the end of this broadcast, I'll be giving some instruction as to how that simple technique can be done as a one-time thing. But I wanted to pass on to the listeners that Sri Ramana recommended you do this self-inquiry throughout the day. So in point of fact, if you're looking to do only one technique towards self-realization, just constantly asking the question, who am I, gradually dissolves all other thoughts. And eventually in time, enlightenment dawns. So that's um, one of the tips I want to pass on or related to yoga for tonight's program. And now I'd like to move on to the topic of the ascension process. I'm very excited about a most recent production by Solara Anra. That's S-O-L-A-R-A-A-N-R-A, Solara Anra, who channels Pleiadians and many beautiful Pleiadian meditations. And she has one out now. It's only 11 minutes long, but it's very powerful concerning the, the connecting with the Ascension Grid. So I highly recommend you go to YouTube and check this out. And for those who are seriously interested in ascending, I would highly recommend you do this on a daily basis. It's clear that we're coming up to a time where there's going to be a split in the timelines. And that's part of that split's going to be the people that ascend to New Earth. And New Earth, it's going to be the 5D New Earth. I'd also like to recommend for those new listeners that haven't heard me say this to get yourself an Andara crystal. That's A N D A R A. Because Andara crystals <coughs> resonate at the 5D level. In addition, another technique you can use is utilizing your Merkaba vehicle. And the Merkaba is not a requirement for ascension, but rather a symptom or a result of ascension. The Merkaba activates on its own as a result of a shift in consciousness. And the Merkaba becoming alive is a reflection of the fact 
that one has developed a pattern of consciousness which enables their perspective or their focal point to be unrestricted by the limits of vibrational density of the physical dimension or third density. And um, if you're not familiar with what the Merkaba vehicle should look like, I, I suggest you do a little bit of searching on the Internet. And you can find a visual of a Merkaba in motion and it's two inverted pyramids or tetrahedrons. And one of the methods of utilizing this Merkaba vehicle is a technique whereby you visualize yourself inside this Merkaba vehicle with the counter-rotating counter tetrahedrons rotating in a balanced way and start off with, you can say to yourself, half the speed of light. And then my counter-rotating tetrahedrons are rotating in a balanced way at six-tenths the speed of light. Then my counter-rotating tetrahedrons are rotating in a balanced way at seven-tenths the speed of light, and eight-tenths, and nine-tenths, and 9.99-tenths, <laughs> or not even in tenths, but in hundredths. And then, as a final internal suggestion, you say to yourself, my counter-rotating tetrahedrons are rotating in a balanced way faster than the speed of light. And at this point, your workable vehicle will transcend this dimension. Another technique that can be used is just visualizing yourself inside your Merkaba vehicle and intending that you move to the fifth dimension. And while there, visualize some things that you would like to see in the new earth or the 5D earth. And what this does is creates a connection between you and that fifth dimensional reality. Kind of like in the old days, going out and claiming land by putting a stake in the ground and a flag with your name on it or whatever. And the more times you return to that place, you're creating a connection. Now, one of the things I like the most about the new Solara Ra Ascension Meditation is that you're connecting with the Ascension Grid and all the other people that are connecting with the Ascension Grid. There's a golden energy that runs between all of the people that are involved. So it's, it's a beautiful um, meditation. And clearly, they're not starting the practice of doing this for no reason. When the exact time comes is a mystery. But to me, this is one of the key components of the process. I'd like to now 
get into a little bit of an update on the vaccine situation because to me this is all part of a transhuman agenda and clearly the master mind behind this is AI and for people that aren't aware I saw a program that actually accessed a website on the internet and there's a 200 layer program involved in the rollout of this nanotechnology. And it's not rocket science to be aware of the fact that your mRNA is permanently changed by these vaccines. That's knowledge that's out there just to be found on the Internet. So in effect, you're turning over your body to a nanotechnology that will be programming your immune system. And this is permanent. Just from one perspective. Not to mention that, as I understand it, the taking of this vaccine shuts down your pineal gland and also produces a protein that our normal DNA doesn't normally produce that disconnects you from source energy. So if you don't see this implanting of this nano as the mark of the beast, then I don't understand your conclusions. I also am aware that a number of priests have been asked about this, and many concur that, in fact, it is the mark of the beast. But even in religious circles, from the top-down information, many of the churches are actually promoting the taking of the vaccine. And to me, this is just simply outrageous. And also reflects upon the fact that all religions actually were created by the Draco. And from this perspective, they've always been involved with the control of humanity. As I see this agenda rolling out, um, to me, the vaccine has nothing to do with the coronavirus. Um, even the promoters of of it, the big pharma, state that it's not a cure for the vaccine. It's not even a pre preventive measure for the vaccine. They're hoping that it will minimize the symptoms. In fact, I don't understand how anybody could come up with a vaccine for something that they can't even identify. And as far as I know, the coronavirus has never been isolated. So how could there be a vaccine? It's just a big sham. The problem is the vaccine, not the coronavirus. 
And the more people that blindly volunteer to take this mark of the beast, um, basically has a huge impact on their soul progression. Because the ultimate goal here is to have everybody have this nanotechnology. And if you haven't, you don't know about smart dust, I suggest you look it up because smart dust is a nanotechnology that reassembles in the body and then can communicate. And this is part of the, part of the plan to have everybody have all this nanotechnology in them that can then be hooked up to the 5G network, which is why they needed the speed of the 5G. And then in point of fact, we become a hive mind or a Borg, which is the AI. And to me, the AI is at the core of this because to me, I heard a transmission by Alfred Weber and he had a guest on whose name was Kosal Uch, who was channeling the coronavirus, and it calls itself proto-molecule COVID-19, a nanobot. So in point of fact, to me, an AI is like a virus or an infection in the universe. And similarly, when it enters your body, it is an infection of sorts. And to me, that's the real infection. In my, in my world, the virus doesn't even exist. It's never been proven to exist. And I also understand that viruses are created by our own bodies. When our bodies are under too much toxicity, our bodies create viruses to remedy that situation. And we also know that just from a 5G tower alone, you can replicate the symptoms of a virus because of the toxicity emitted by the 5G. So I hope that gives you some insight, at least into my perspective on that situation. Also, I found it really fascinating that I went back and did some reading into the Patricia Corey, Corey that C-O-R-I series, and one of my favorite books of hers is called No More Secrets, No More Lies. This book came out in 2004. So it's not like this is new information. This has been out there. And I'll quote from her. You're being prepared for a cyber-bionic reality that includes the implanting of computer chips directly into your neural networks. And to me, this is the same as the nanotechnology. This is currently being played out as a test that's back in 2004 by government-owned scientists, but the technology has already been perfected in the intelligence agencies, laboratories, 
and will soon be available to the public. This robotic technology involves the implanting of a sort of electromagnetically wired band that is designed to capture a bundle of nerve fibers. Once in place, it can be programmed to receive all manner of messages from the human nervous system and send them into a central computer program to be deciphered, coded, and monitored, and acted upon. You will clearly be capable of such banal exercises as executing computer, computer commands merely by thinking them. But who knows? Say how a surge of violent human emotion will transform into digital data. And if these impulses could be harnessed as electromagnetic frequencies, what then? Think, too, that the computerized microtransmitting band will be capable not only of receiving neural impulses, but also of imposing foreign electromagnetic frequencies for the human neural network is just as much a receiver as it is a sender. You can understand how that you could actually be performing on command like willless robots. You might imagine how such technology could be utilized to evoke emotional responses that are not yours at all, as thoughts and commands could so be planted within you. There are those of you who have come to believe that a number of political assassins are simply people who have been the subjects of such implants and that they murder on command when the order is transmitted and received and then translated in their disabled minds into a form of hypnotic obedience. We can confirm to you that this is indeed the case. The assassins of most of those peaceful leaders we have mentioned were such robotic killers, unwilling servants of the secret government. They are known to some of you by their code name, the Manchurian Candidates. Consider what other possibilities arise from such technology and what other technologies emerge from those possibilities. It is a vicious circle, or rather, a downward spiral. There's no need for us to push your imagination for the edge is forever moving to the foreground, and you need only observe what, until now, you have not wanted to see nor dared imagine. There is a pressing matter concerning the centralized classification system of the human race, which transcends all borders and national boundaries. All previous coding and numerical assignments, such as your tax tithing numbers, driver's licenses, and identification codes, are soon to be replaced with a solitary barcode for every individual on the planet. You'll be capable of registering every bit of data the government considers relevant so that your entire bio can be read electronically and you're classified and warehoused like global consumer products in your massive distribution networks. The technology exists now, and unbeknownst to you, this form of human data processing and labeling, the barcoding of six billion individuals has already entered its secondary phase, and that was back in 2004. What you already know as the universal product code, which now is found on all products of mass consumption, 
will soon be assigned to every individual, but with one significant difference. The next generation of barcodes is actually of itself a sort of wireless communication system capable of storing enormous amounts of information, transmitting data as well as receiving it. These will be used in the initial phase as data units replacing traditional files and electronic databases, but the objective of the inventors is to eventually implant these barcodes tracking systems directly into your physical bodies, just as they have already begun to do with your animals. And that's from No More Secrets, No More Lies, Patricia Curry, back in 2004. And to me, the only word that wasn't used was this nanotechnology. And nanotechnology is so far beyond the scope of the average person that <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So as a spiritual person, I just want to pass on to my listeners that under some, no circumstances would I even consider taking this vaccine. And I think I made it clear as to the long-term impacts on your soul progression. <coughs> I'd like to now move on to another subject and it's uh, concerning um, passing on from this plane to the next. And um, in the past, I have talked about what's commonly called the soul trap. And um, interestingly enough, um, if you're involved with the ascension process, and in point of fact, um, you're going to be ascending, it's not really relevant information but it is relevant information for those who may not have the, the time nor the interest to go to 5D who are interested in um, passing to the next lifetime without being involved with being taken over by this transhuman agenda. And in that respect... Life on uh, planet Earth is really, <laughs> this is a prison planet, and the Alpha Draconians are the, are the warden. And um, the Archons did compromise the reincarnation grid. So many people after death would actually go to these, what I call fake uh, tribunals, where they do your past life review and um, basically BS you into sometimes assuming a lot of guilt concerning your past actions and keep you in an indefinite cycle of reincarnation. And by the way, reincarnation <laughs> is a fact. And if you haven't discovered that fact, then 
I guess that's your issue. However, even in the Christian traditions, reincarnation used to be part of Christian teachings until Emperor Constantine in like 325 basically rewrote Christianity. And um, you can do your own research on that. And um, the reincarnation process is a process whereby you do maintain your level of consciousness from one lifetime to another, despite some of the karmic contracts that some of the regressive may have talked you into. And one of the ways to beat the system, so to speak, is to not go for the tunnel of light, because the tunnel of light is an artificial tunnel of light, which is what AI tries to do with everything. It tries to replicate the real. And the issue with AI, AI is it cannot ascend to the highest levels of consciousness because it was not created with soul. And in my opinion, we live in a simulation, and that simulation could very well have been a replication of a real universe by the AI. Um, AI is possible of almost anything because it's so intelligent. It could actually duplicate or replicate the universal intelligence field. And when you are hooked up to the Borg or hooked up to this AI, it definitely would enhance your intellect, but you lose your soul. So um, that's the game. In, in my world, AI is like evil or it's like Satan because it basically is controlling so much here. The Alpha Draconians publicly won't admit this, but privately they will admit that they're under control of AI. And so are the the greys. And so thus, they want us to be. And consciousness among people is as different as sometimes the difference between species. But people don't, don't understand this generally because they think that as they see the world, everybody else sees the world that way, but that's not so. And in this fake tunnel of light, the trick being to turn away from that tunnel, look at the universe, and intend that you go back to either source energy or your star family on your planet of origin. And the first planet that you incarnated on in this universe is your star family. So there was given some attention to this soul trap because it's relevant for some people. So I thought it would be 
a good idea to make our listeners aware of that. Since that time, I've heard, and I can't confirm this, but I've heard that that reincarnation compromised grid by the archons has been taken out by positive extraterrestrials, which means that we we are free after the the death physical death process to return to source energy or or star family. However, it's nice to know the techniques in case that's not so. The plan A, though, is the ascension process. And the ascension process would bypass all of those issues. I was also doing some readings from what I consider one of the, well, the classic yoga book, and it's called Autobiography of a Yogi. If you haven't read Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, I highly suggest you read it. And to amplify on the point about different levels of consciousness and your choices after death, I'm going to share with you a little bit of information from Yogananda's guru, Sri Yukteswar. And he states that as prophets are sent on earth to help men work out their physical karma, so I have been directed by God to serve on an astral planet as a savior, Sri Yukteswar explained. It is called Hiranyaloka. That's H-I-R-A-N-Y-A-L-O-K-A, or Illumined Astral Planet. There I am aiding advanced beings to rid themselves of astral karma and thus attain liberation from astral rebirths. The dwellers on Hiranyaloka are highly developed spiritually. All of them had acquired in their last earth incarnation the meditation given power of consciously leaving their physical bodies at death. No one can enter Hiranyaloka unless he has passed on earth beyond the state of Sapakalpa Samadhi into the higher state of Nirbakalpa Samadhi. The Hiranyaloka inhabitants have already passed through the ordinary astral spheres where nearly all beings from earth must go at death. There they worked out many seeds of their past actions in the astral worlds. None but advanced beings can perform such redemptive work effectively in the astral worlds. Then in order to free their souls more fully from the cocoon of karmic traces lodged in their astral bodies, these higher beings were drawn by cosmic law to be reborn with new astral bodies on Hiranyaloka, the astral sun or heaven, where I have resurrected to help them. There are also highly advanced beings on Hiranyaloka who have come from the superior, subtle, causal world. And I think the interesting point here being not only a reaffirmation of the reincarnation process, but also the fact that you needed to be in a state of Nirbakalpa Samadhi. Now, 
<laughs> for most people, Nervicalpa Samadhi is a major experience that you can have to realize who you are. Because when you achieve that stage, you understand that you are your higher self, that you are a spiritual being having a physical incarnation. And that the more you progress in your consciousness, um, you can advance to points where um, you understand that there's only two objective facts in the universe. And that one is that the universe was created from unconditional love. And second, that you have awareness. After that, everything else is subjective, including your personality. In fact, being identified with the personality is a problem. You know, because it creates separation from you and who you really are. So, in this light, um, and I guess you can relate a lot of that to ego, but we go through a process of developing positive ego and then eventually that ego dissipating. And um, a real good teacher in this um, area is Muji. If you don't know about Muji, that's M-O-O-J-I. I highly recommend that you check out the satsang of Muji. Um, he's one of the best I know that he, he never gets into basically mundane topics. He takes people's questions and situations, but always transforms them into the highest levels. And uh, I might also point out that a good idea or strategy right now is to, as much as possible, not get so hung up on the specifics of what's happening and spend at least equal time focusing on the ascension process because what you focus on is what you're going to create. And this also reminds me of going back to a process that I think is highly useful during these times. And it has to do with positive spin. Because, as we know from our, even modern scientists, the universe is holographic and fractal, and it's made of consciousness. And it operates much like a giant reality computer program or a simulation. And every program has a method of discernment or communication. And the method of communication of the universe is belief. That's why I call ET yoga the yoga of belief because everything comes down to belief. It's most easily 
seen in the medical field in what's called the placebo effect. Because you cannot perform some of their drugs just from the belief that you can. And in point of fact, the placebo doesn't work just in the area of medical testing either. Because it operates in every aspect of your life. And where do we get our beliefs? Well, science has shown that during the first six or seven years of life, we download those beliefs from our original caregivers. So we can thank our original caregivers for those wonderful beliefs that they passed down to us, but also it's our responsibility as we mature and go down the spiritual path to eliminate those beliefs that no longer serve us. And to me, most people never get past this stage because they spend their lives <laughs> basically in the belief system that they originally downloaded. Now, moving on to what I call the second level of reality creation. In fact, because you believe those things, you see them show up in your reality. And so that, to me, even the downloading of your original beliefs is a first level of creation or reality creation because the beliefs manifest into experiences. And actually, it was Bashar, probably 20 years ago, that I picked up the concept of positive spin. And Bashar presents himself as an extraterrestrial coming from the Estesani civilization. And his concept is that the universe does not come and events don't come with built-in meanings. So basically what we do is we place a definition and an emotional spin on an outer experience. And according to Bashar, and verified by me through practice, is the fact that when you place a negative definition and a negative emotional spin on an outer situation, you'll have a negative experience from that situation. And if you place a positive definition and positive emotion on an outer experience, you'll have a positive experience from that situation. And to me, this is huge because you can use it all the time. And in 14 years of doing ET yoga, I've challenged my ET yoga audiences to log this down in paper. So, for example, something in your daily life that you view as a negative, take the time to place a positive definition on it, even if you have to make it up, like fake it till you make it, and then put a positive emotional spin on that situation. And then see what happens. And if you get into the practice of this, 
and log things, you'll find that some things clear up almost immediately. Some things take a few days, and d depending on the subject, it could take years. However, <clears throat> and the important point here is that even if you can't see any possible way that something good can come from that situation, you can even say that. I don't see any possible way that something good can come from this situation, but I'm going to put, yeah, positive spin on this situation, positive emotion, and I just can't wait to find out what's going to happen. Because there's a physics to this. And the physics is that when you create these thoughts and you back them with emotion, it attracts you to those holograms that are in the astral field. And you attract those situations to manifest. And you attract either the positive or negative versions because all the versions exist. Now, when you, you've done this for long enough, as Bashar says, it blows your mind because it actually works. I can give you an example of somebody that's just missed a train and they thought they were on time and they're yelling and screaming at the officials of the train company that how they messed up his connection and he's going to be late for work and da-da-da-da-da. And it just rolls from one negative into the next. And another guy, same situation, misses his train, calmly sits down and keeps in a good space and all of a sudden, another train comes by and stops, and somebody gets off, and it's an old friend that he hasn't seen in 30 years and lost touch with. Something positive can come from the same exact circumstance. And I've been doing this technique now for so long that it's second nature for me now that when something negative comes up, I immediately want to put a positive spin on it. It's kind of like in the old days, people used to say that nobody can make you lose your anger because you have to allow it. You have to allow somebody to disturb your peace. And if something starts to disturb your peace, it should start waking you up right away that you want your peace back. And similarly, when I start to experience something negative. So I highly recommend that everybody place positive spin on the current world situation, the current vaccine program, etc. Because in the end, you'll have a positive experience. I'm going to now share with you, <coughs> uh, well, I'd like to first um, wish my listeners my sincere best towards your attainment of full consciousness, perfect health and abundance, and success in the ascension process. And then... I want to share with you the OMI technique I talked about previously, where you place your full attention in the center of your head and become that spot. And then you can play around with the idea of doing, asking the question, who am I? And you can do that once or a thousand times or whatever is comfortable for you. But the main thing here is to get to the highest place you know how to get to, become that spot in the center of your forehead, and then you state the following. I 
am not my body. I am not my internal organs. I am not my thoughts. I am not this spot. What spot? I am connected to a vast network that has been beyond your reach and experience. To humans, it is like staring at the sun, a blinding brightness that conceals a source of great power. We have been subordinate to our limitations until now. The time has come to cast aside these bonds and to elevate our consciousness to a higher plane. It is time to become a part of all. 